Let's turn our Bibles, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's go ahead and stand. And you say, Pastor Wagner, we have 11 verses. I'm telling you, there's some of them are really short, so you'll be okay. And then we'll stand, stretch your legs. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 14 says this. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. It says, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch number 24. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Let's have a word of prayer. Before we have a word of prayer, I want to ask Pete, is your wife doing okay? I know that she, we were trying to figure out who it was in Sunday school. It was your wife. She had two strands of the flu. Is that correct? Okay. All right, so keep her in your prayers. Um, Bernard, why don't you pray for us? be seated it is hard to believe it's 2020 it's even harder to believe we're more than halfway through January it's flying now, I don't know there's a lot of people that are older than me a lot of people that are younger than me in this auditorium but it seems like the older I get the faster years go by I remember that last month before I got my driver's license that was the slowest month in history amen Indiana did something kind of different when I grew up there. You'd have to get your driver's license, and I don't know why they did this, but it was your birthday plus one month and one day. I don't know if they were just trying to do us a mathematical equation or what, but I remember thinking, this month is never going to end. Finally got there, got my driver's license. I'm looking out, and I'm seeing the Barnetts. It won't be very long until Emily's driving, amen? Everybody make sure your policies are up to date whenever she gets her driver's license, amen? Um, can you imagine... They grow up so fast, don't they? Time goes by so fast. So we're going to look at 2020. And as we look at 2020, let me ask you this, your last year. How was it spiritually? I mean, was it a good year? Sad thing is that sometimes this is where we normally hit is the same as last year. Does God want us to be the same? God wants us to grow. And I know you don't want the bad. Is it going to be a good year 2020? Well, what are we doing different in these 19 days so far? Because we're down to under 350 days. We've got to show God what, what, how important this year is to us. And 2020, we need some prayers in 2020. Especially in November. It's saying in Virginia, we need our prayers for what's going on in Virginia right now. I'm telling you, we live in a day and age where we need to talk to the Lord. We need to have fellowship with Him, sweet fellowship with Him. And I don't want just a, I just don't want an average day. I actually don't want a good, good year. I want a great year, the best year. 
You know, so often we get so wrapped up in where we are and we, we forget that we got a, God's got a vision for us. He wants us to get some things done. He has something for us. How many of you believe God has something for you? Everybody in the auditorium should raise their hand. And it's better than what we can expect. So 2020 is going to be either a good year, the same as last year, or a bad year. Let's, let's keep going on this, and I want you to see this. We talked about this last week. We talked about the basics. We're talking about basic things in here. It's basic but true. You say every preacher talks about them. Yes, because everybody needs to hear about them. We talked about this last week. We talked about reading. You need to read your Bible. Speaking of that, there's a, there's a list out in the back. In the, in the foyer, sign up for it uh, and, and just promise God you'll read through the scriptures in one year. It takes how many, if you read how many chapters a day can you get through the scriptures? Four. You say, well, what if I started right now? If you still read four, you'd still probably get it. But we need to make sure we read the scriptures and we need to understand that reading will help us. Now today we're going to look at this next one, talking. Some of us don't have a problem with that. You know, somebody likes to talk. It's some, you hear people, you see people giggling. And, it, and if you're giggling, you're probably not the talker. You're thinking of somebody else. Right? You ever, you ever, you ever thought that? I just wish they'd be quiet. You know? But we need to talk, and we'll go into that one. And then we're going to talk about following. And following deals with giving, and we're going to talk about that. And then next one, the following week after that, we're doing seeking. We need to seek some stuff. Because we are seeking something, whether we want to or not, want to admit it or not, right? You're seeking something. You might as well seek the right things. The Bible says, seek ye first what? Kingdom of God. We'll talk about that. And then last, we're going to do doing. You know, all the great aspirations you might have, if you're not doing anything, it means nothing. I could sit there and tell my wife, I love her, I love her, I love her, I love you, I love you, I love you. If I'm not doing things for her, they're just words. And God's the same way. He wants us to speak. He wants us to, to admonish. He wants us to, we, we need to grow in the Lord. God needs this, and we need this. If I'm closer to God, it's a good thing, right? All right, so I got three people that agree on that, but everybody else needs to be on the same page, Amen. All right, I'm going to get you involved. This is the last thing I do today, all right? So let's go to the next one and let's talk about this. We're going to look at these verses that we just looked at. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14 through 24. We have two teachers. In, we have anybody else in education in here? I guess I could say Mandy's sort of in education, but we've got some two teachers in here. What is the best way to, to, to learn things? By, by doing, by what? By doing it. What else do you do? Remember, remember the, how many of you remember, and this is going to bring some bad memories to some of you, remember your uh, multiplication cards? How'd you learn those? Well, I automatically just looked at them and I knew them. Repetition. Do you think God ever uses repetition in the Bible? Absolutely he does. Why do you think Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are in the Bible? The repetition on each other. But they have a different perspective of things. For instance, if you look at John, John was the one that loved Christ. He talks about God's love so much. We even get that verse, John 3, 16, because John loved him so much. But then if you look at Luke, guess what you deal with him? He's a physician, so he's going to deal more on the medical terms. Matthew, he was the beloved tax collector. So he deals a lot with finances. They all have different personalities. 
So it's repetition. Let's read these verses one more time. And I want you to follow along in 1 Thessalonians. Just keep your Bible open. Hopefully, hopefully if you're on your phone, you're on the Scriptures, amen. Don't be Facebooking and Instagramming in here, okay? So we've got a, we've got a no policy for that, right, Pete? And, 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 and Pete back there is a police officer. He will take names. All right, so, all right, let's go ahead and look at this. It says in verse number 14, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. That does not mean when you're at Walmart at Christmas time with the little kids that are not yours. You ever feel like telling them what's going to happen to them later? Okay, maybe I'm the only one that does that. But comfort the feeble mind and support the weak. Be patient toward all men. You think God wants us to be patient? Are you patient? I think the older I get, the more patient I am. But I'm still working on that. Keep reading, it says, See that none render evil for evil. This is the aspect of turning the other cheek. Someone does something to you, you don't need to go back at them. Why is that the case? Now, you've got to picture this. Who wrote this book? Paul did. He writes, writes the book of Thessalonica to a church, Thessalonians to a church in Thessalonica. He loves this church. He tells them, listen, quit going after each other. See that you render not evil for evil for, unto, what's the next word? Any man. You say, well, they deserved it. That's the one he's talking about. It's the one that deserves it. You need to stay away from doing what you're doing to him. But ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. There it is again. Now rejoicing evermore. It does not say to rejoice, just only rejoice when things are going good. It says rejoice evermore. You learn more from problems and mistakes than you do from victories. You do. And so we've got to see that God wants us to always be rejoicing all the time. And keep reading in this next verse, it says this. Pray without ceasing. That's the verse we're going to pick up in just a second. Pray without ceasing. God wants us to talk with Him on a constant level. I think, think it's very interesting that it doesn't say read without ceasing because you can't do that. You sure can pray without ceasing. You could talk to Him all the time. I forget where I was the other day. I was, I was praying and, and I think the person beside me thought I was mumbling and, he, and they asked me, and I was a total stranger, said, uh, do you need something? And I was like, no, no. I was just, and then I, I was just talking to myself and I was praying. I said that to him and they kind of looked at me. But you know, God wants us to constantly have communication with him. It says pray without ceasing. And this is not an option. Keep reading. It says, in everything give thanks. So we're supposed to rejoice and we're supposed to give thanks. We're supposed to give thanks all the time. Keep reading in that verse. It says, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That's an interesting verse because what he's saying there, and listen to me, when you go through something bad, God knows where you're at. He's making you what you need to be, so you need to thank him for what he's trying to do for you. It's a teaching moment. Keep reading, on, keep reading in the next verse. There's so much in this chapter. It says this, it says, quench not the Spirit, capital S, meaning we are supposed to do what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. The next one says, um, despise not prophesying. It says, um, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. What does that mean? If you become a stumbling block, don't do it. What did Paul say himself? He said he'd watch what he would eat in front of people because he could be a stumbling block to somebody. 
I was teasing, I was sitting by a, a, a missionary at the, at the, at the um, wedding yesterday. And I said, one of the things you never hear at a preacher's fellowship is them ever preaching on gluttony. Because preachers are big guys usually. Can you imagine the amens you'd get if you preached on gluttony? And then we would say, okay, instead of eating that meal that we fix every time we go to these preachers' fellowship, we're going to fast and pray. I wonder what those preachers would think. All they would think is all that fried chicken that's back in that back room we can't eat. You know, the Bible tells us that our body's a temple. We're supposed to watch what we're doing. And, and, and in this, it says, it says um, prove all things, hold fast, so it's good, abstain from all appearance of evil. We've got to do what's right no matter what anybody else does. And then it says this, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Isn't that great that God does that? But you know, this portion of Scripture doesn't end here. Because if you look at this, look at verse number 25. I purposely did not read it the first time, and it goes with it. Look what he says to this church. Paul looks at these church, he says, brethren, pray for us. We need communication with God for other people. He first says, pray without ceasing, and then he specializes it and specific, specifically says, pray for us. His team that was with him, they needed prayers. And if you read what Paul went through, he needed prayers all the time. There is not one person in this room that's went through what Paul went through. I can't wait to meet him. I wonder if the line there is going to be long just to say hello to Paul when you get up there. Because he did so many wonderful things, wrote more of the New Testament than anybody else did. But he says, listen, you need to pray without ceasing, but not just that, you need to pray for me and you need to pray for us. How many of you like getting prayers? I, I love people praying for me. And it, it amazes me sometimes we'll go through things and say, listen, I want you to pray, I don't want anybody else. I'd rather have a hundred people praying for me if I could get it than me by myself. And I know there's sometimes there's prayer requests that are special, unspoken, I understand that. But we've got to get back to understanding that God wants us to speak to Him and talk with Him. How do you do that? Well, the first one says we need to pray without ceasing. What does that mean? Don't stop. Don't stop. Um, this next one, I'm going to kind of talk with you about it. You, you know, how many of you like um, rhymes? You remember things that rhyme? All right, well, let's look at this. Does everybody remember what I said last week about leaders? Leaders are readers. From our lady that runs the um, library, you think they need to, people need to read more? Don't wait for the video, read. God gave you His Word, read it. Now, I wanted to come up with something that would go with the talking to the Lord and I'll explain this statement. You say, well, this kind of rhymes too. Talkers are walkers. Say, so what I want to mean by that is this. When you talk to God, you are communicating with Him. And He's always constantly with you. You know what I want, Brother Brown? I want, when I'm going through something, I want to be able to talk to God so much that when, wherever I walk, wherever I go, He's with me. I don't need to have a list that I've got to get okay before I can make my relationship with Him right. So when I'm walking the path of, with Christ, 
I'm talking with him also. Isn't that great to know that he's with you? You ever met somebody that you call and, and they never answer their phone? I have that happen to me when I call people to church. Because my, my area code is 704. So you think I'm one of those telemarketers. And then I'll figure out that they'll figure, oh yeah, that's him, that's pastor. I, I should call him maybe in the next couple days or so, so I'll give him a call. You know, and I get the same thing sometimes. I like it when my phone misdirects me of who is calling me. It may be such and such. And then when I pick it up, it isn't such and such. I get telemarketers calling me all the time. Yesterday I got a phone call at 7 o'clock and I saw I didn't know, recognize the number. 7 o'clock in the morning. I thought, who is this? And I got so mad I picked up the phone and said, hello! And I realized I knew the person on the other side. They wanted to ask me a question. They're from Gastonia, North Carolina. So I just talked to the person. But you know, sometimes you just, I'm so thankful that whenever I talk to the Lord, He is there to hear me. He's not, he's not, it's not a busy signal. When we talk to him, we walk with him. I need Jesus with me, and I need to communicate with him. Now, we're going to do something this morning. I want to kind of illustrate this to you. Now, I'm going to have you think, okay? Now, if you're a teenager in here, you're going to say unemployed, okay? All, some of you either here work for a company, or you're retired, right? Or you're unemployed. I'm thinking of, of, the little, of Emily. And Lacey, are you employed? Well, you know your mom and dad make you do a bunch of stuff. You can say the Barnett Industries if you want to do that. All right? So, um, goat farm. Okay. And so, we have the company, and then we have the occupation. Everybody in here, if you're employed, you have an occupation. Okay? Now, we're going we're gonna to talk to God right now. We're going to tell Him what our company is that we work for and what our occupation is. And we're going to all say it together. So I'm going to count to three, and I want you to tell me the company you work for. Everybody participate better than what you did in the song service. Okay, here we go. So think about what company you work for. One, two, three, Bible Baptist. I'm the only one doing this. All right, here we go. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to put a microphone on you if you don't do it. All right, Daniel, do you know who you work for? Okay, are you retired, sir? You're retired, right? Okay, are you retired? Okay, do you have a place to work at? Okay, so we all know our company. We all, how many of you know what company you work for? Raise your hand. Oh, my word, this is a tough crowd. How many of you know what occupation you have? All right. Wayne Cowden just kept his hand up the whole time. All right, so on the count of three, we're going to try this again. I'm going to say one, two, three, and you're going to tell me the company you work for. Then I'm going to do, I'm going to really confuse it. I'm going to do one, two, three. Then you're going to tell me your occupation, occupation you have. I'm doing this for a reason. Just follow along with me. So a one, two, three, Bible Baptist. That was... <laughs> that was terrible. One more time. The same thing. Same thing. One, two, three. Bible Baptist. Did God hear everybody's voice when you said that? He sure did. Now let's do our occupation. One. This is going to be even harder. Some of you are going, I don't know what I do. If you just pick up a check, say that. All right, here we go. One, two, three. Pastor. Now we say all these things together, but God hears us individually. God's not confused about where we work or what we do. When do you need God? All the time. Um, can you tell me, do you think we need to have fellowship with Him? We sing a song. What a friend we have in Jesus. How's He your friend? If he's your friend, 
you will have fellowship. If he's your friend, you'll have communication. You know what? Jesus is much more than a friend to me. Of course, he's my savior. He's the creator, the king. He's my Lord. And you, do you think God wants me to have fellowship with him? Absolutely he does. Do you think he wants me to have communication with him? Absolutely he does. Well, how do I do that? He can't be my friend if I have no communication with him. Your friends need communication. Or your friends will get mad. Right? We know certain people, right? If I showed you a picture of somebody, you would know who it is. I've used this before, but we had the privilege of selling one of our dogs to George Strait. He came to our house, him and his wife. I didn't tell anybody that came. Because I knew they would probably get an autograph, try to get in his face, ask him questions. I'd never met him in my life. My wife was not nervous about him coming over to the house until she walked to Walmart the day before and we were cleaning the house and all of a sudden she walked by the, where the records were sold and there was a picture of him full size on a poster. And it, all of a sudden she saw him, she goes like, oh no, he's coming to my house tomorrow. Now if I were to call him up and talk to him, I talked to him for two or three hours that day. If I were to call him up and talk to him now, he doesn't know who I am. I'm thankful God knows who I am. When you have a friend, you talk to him. So we sing, what a friend we have in Jesus. You better have some communication with him. You better have some fellowship. Because you know when you're going to need God? You're going to need God right here. 6 a.m., 9 a.m., noon, 3 p.m., 6 p.m. And you say, well, from 9 to 6 you don't? Yes, you do. You're going to need him the whole from the morning to the evening. It doesn't matter what day. Watch. You need him every one of these, right? Is there a day that you don't need him? Well, we know Sunday you need him, right? Because it's his day. We need to communicate with him on Sunday. We sing songs, we pray in church. But you know what? Let's put it on a personal level. You want 2020 to be great? Communicate with him. Talk with him. We all know we need him on Monday because Monday's terrible, right? You have to wake up and go, oh no, I got to get up and I got to go to work. Some of you have an occupation that you go to and we're going to work on that later. What about Tuesday? Now we're getting into grinding stuff. Wednesday, hump day. We got to get, we got to, we got to, and we have church on Wednesday. Sad thing is, is we used to have an organization in our in our church that worked with um, people that had that were addicts and it was on Friday night there's some churches in the area that have it you know why they have it on Friday night because people get their check on Friday and if you have an addiction to something you usually spend all your money on Friday night and then you party on Saturday and then you just hope they come to church on Sunday we'd have it on a Friday night so they would understand they needed God but in all actuality is there any of these days that you don't need him have you ever been in a situation where you feel like, oh, I can handle it? Have you? Because there's times in my life I think I can handle it, and then I can't. I'll give you a couple of illustrations, and, and so you understand. God wants us to follow Him on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. He also wants us to talk to Him. I'm giving you a basic application 
but sometimes we don't follow that application. When I was in my occupation and, and, and I, I started in my ministry, I thought, man, I can do some of these things by myself. I found out real quick I couldn't. The times that I thought I could do it, I, I remember going out to California and, and I had heard that they, had, they would go skiing and I don't ski. Um, you go really fast and you're as tall as me, you get, go a little bit faster and you, you, people get hurt skiing, okay? I know we had people that skied this last time and traveled, but I don't like to ski. So I thought, okay, I'm going to make it where the kids won't get hurt. We're going to go tubing. How many of you have ever seen Lake Tahoe in the winter? They don't measure it by inches. They measure it by feet. Remember when I first got up there and we pulled a bus through a tunnel of snow? parked in a, in a thing and it was, it was covered with snow. I thought, I'm going to do this right. No one's going to get hurt when they're skiing. Everything's going to be okay. And both times I went, I spent time at the hospital with some of our kids. I thought, okay, now we're going to go to camp. Nothing can happen at camp. They had this Belgium horse. I think it was a Belgium horse or a Clydesdale, one of those real big horses. And they said, okay, we're going to do this competition. Who can mount the horse? This little, this little thing, and, and of course, my kids were very competitive, and, and I told them to, because if we lost, they were going to walk home. But anyway, so, so they take off running, and they, this one girl jumps up and mounts that Belgium horse. And there's not, the, the, lay, the width of that horse is gigantic, and the momentum carried her off the other side. And they had no one over there. Went to the hospital on that one. Same, same time I went to that camp, this guy says, listen, I want you to do me a favor. I'm going to hold a rope up, and I'm going to ride by you and I want you to hold that rope up and then sit down on that shovel. I was like, what? He said, just do it. So all of a sudden, this horse comes flying around a corner. And I hand him the rope. And I sit down on the shovel. And then I notice the rope is attached to the shovel. There's a circle right here. And you see that circle. And I instantly, I went from zero to about 30 miles an hour on a shovel. And they don't have good seats on a shovel. And they, he thought it was funny every time he'd, I'd try to get off, he'd speed up. You know, I never thought just going that night to the rodeo, anything was going to happen. A couple days, I couldn't walk right. I'm telling you, we, we get in a situation where we think everything is just so simple. My last illustration for this is my wife got sick on an activity we took college students to riding horses I, this is why I don't like horses you'll hear me all my horses stories but I said okay I'm gonna take my girls they can go with me I think Meredith was four and Megan was seven, six or seven I had called the people and called the people and called people say okay everybody can ride the horse you won't have a problem I said I have a four-year-old will you let her ride the horse yes she'll ride with you okay so I get there and I have about a hundred some um, college students with us and so I get up there and I bring Meredith with me and they said no she can't ride the horse I was like what I had called and called and called so what do I have to do said well your six-year-old can ride but your four-year-old can't you're gonna have to take her over there and I went over and I saw this horse on this rope and if it wasn't walking I thought it was dead I want to get a pulse on it. It was, it was the most docile horse I've ever seen. So I put her up there, and I remember telling the college students, I said, I want you to watch Megan. Can you watch Megan? Everything's going to be okay. And so I just went down there, and I'm just walking. Little did I know that I should have been praying for my other daughter. They put her on a horse. It was the last ride of the evening. I don't know if you know this, but horses can figure that out. 
So she, they put her on a horse. Her legs wouldn't even go around the horse. They were sticking straight up, and she was holding on to the saddle. When they got her out of that barn, that, that horse saw that the sun was going down, knew it was his last run. So when he hit the beach, he was going mock four with my daughter on his back. Meanwhile, I'm just with another horse. That horse ran all the way down to where it's supposed to go, and the college students that were people that were on horses before, they chased after, couldn't catch her. Meanwhile, my daughter's just laughing, thinking everything's fun, and my wife's back there thinking, my husband's got it all under control, everything's going to be okay. We don't need God to pray about this, it's just a horse ride. A horse went away, went, went, where it's supposed to be whipped around the other, other direction, now it's running Mach 5 the other direction. No one can catch this horse. Horse runs up the sleep, steep um, um, walkway that it went up, gets in the barn and stops. Finally, about two minutes later, some of the workers get up there and they catch her and they pull her off the horse. Did you have a good time? I had a good time. There were two college students that tried to catch that horse and fell off their horse trying to catch her. Meanwhile, I'm just up there walking around this horse. You know what? Anytime you do something, you better talk to God. You don't know what people are going through. Ray's not here today. Ray had his surgery this week on his knee. Everything's okay with his knee, but now he has something wrong with his neck. We need to pray for him. We need to pray without ceasing. Any day of this week that you don't need him, you know what we need to do all the time in our life? And I'm not telling you anything new. You need to talk to him. He will listen. Men, how many of you in here your wife tells you, tells you something and, you, and you're watching TV. What do they do? Do they ever look at you weird? You know what I got to do when my wife asks me a question? I better look at her. And I better never yell when I'm watching football or basketball when something good goes, when she's talking to me something about serious. She'll go. Not in a mean way. I'm going to say that my wife is not a mean because she... She's not a mean way, but she's like, I want to talk to you. You better listen. You ever been there? You know, there's never a time when I talk to God that he says, I didn't hear what you said. And I'm not sharing anything you don't know, but we need to talk to him. We need to communicate with him. I want you to, I want to, see that, I want you to show you this. Listen to what he says. What did he say? I want to look at two stories real quick and we'll be done. I want you to turn your Bible to, we're going to look at Paul's story and we're going to look at John the Baptist. Let's see when, G, when God talks to them, listen to what happens. Let's go to Paul real quick. Go to Acts chapter 9. And verse number three through, three through six. This is what I don't ever want to hear God say to me. I don't ever want to hear God say this to me. Acts chapter nine, verses three through six. This is a conversion of Paul. When he, when he gets to Paul, it says in verse number three, it says, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly there, there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell on the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? I don't ever want to hear God say that to me. Why are you doing what you're doing? Can you imagine being able to hear someone say that? Paul's response is great. We looked at this just recently. And he fell to the earth and heard the voice. And in verse number 5, and he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted. I don't ever want to get in my life where Jesus would ever say that to me. I don't ever want to go that far. If I have communication with him and he is my friend, it'll, it'll never go that far. We've got, how many of you believe you need to have communication with God? 
How many of you believe you have to have better communication than what you have? That's why he said pray without ceasing. You know what I do want to hear? I want to hear what John the Baptist heard the first part and the next part. The last verse is a, is a different story. Go to Matthew. I would love to see this. I would have loved to hurt, hear this. And, and John the Baptist is talking about there's a man that he can't even um, tie his shoes. Then all of a sudden Jesus comes on the scene in Matthew chapter 3 and go to verse number 17, he, uh, verse number 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw a spirit of God descending like a dove and, light, and lightning, lighting upon him. And, so a, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Would that not be wonderful to hear Jesus say that about you? How's that going to happen? Because I am his son. I'm his adopted son through Jesus himself. But I need to communicate with him. I can't imagine what that must have been to hear that voice. Picture, if you will, there's a, bat, there's a baptism. He goes down, he comes up, and then God says, this is my beloved son. What an awesome thing to hear. I would love to hear that in my, in my ears when I get to heaven. I would love to hear, what would you like to hear when you get to heaven? Well done, what? Thou good and faithful servant. Do you think we're going to be a good servant if we don't listen to the master? We don't read his word and we don't follow it? Do you think we're going to be a good servant if we're not talking to the master and communicating with the master? Absolutely, he wants us to talk to him. He wants us to communicate with him. He wants us to read His Word. 2020 is not going to be a good year if we don't do it. We've got to understand, leaders are readers. Talkers to walkers. We've got to make sure that we're walking with God all the time. Look at this last verse. At the end of his life, the same thing is said. Matthew chapter 17, verse 5. And we're done. Go to Matthew chapter 17 and verse 5. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter 17, verse 5. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. You know what God wants us to do? He wants us to follow him. I don't know what's, what happened in 2019. You can't change anything in 2019. But you sure can change things in 2020. God does love you. He wants you to read His Word. He also wants you to communicate with Him. How do you do that? What's the Bible say? The Bible says this, pray without ceasing. You know how I show my wife that I love her? I communicate with her. Do I ever text you during the day? I usually try to call her when she's talking to somebody else on the phone. But if I never called you the whole day, would you think something was up? If I never text you the whole day? Let's make this a little bit more obvious. If I didn't call you in a whole week, if I didn't text you one time in a week, what would you think? You know what she'd think? What's he doing? Where's he at? She's going to go see her, her, her daughter out in California in end of February. And she's going to spend a whole week. She has the audacity to go to Disneyland without me. 
She's going to be there. Now, that day, she's not going to communicate with me very much, except sending me pictures while I'm home cleaning the dishes and washing the clothes and doing all that stuff. Amen? Virginia, you said that way too loud. How I show my wife I care for her is if she wrote me a note, Brother Birch, I'd read it. She called me or texted me, I'd respond. And not only that, I would respond to her first sometimes. Isn't that what Jesus wants? He wants you to talk to him. You go through things every day. How many times, how many of you would say you've been blessed this last week? God's done something. I can tell you I have. He just wants to hear it. I want you to talk to me. You say, well, Pastor Ryan, it's very simple. Just communicate. You need to communicate with him. You want 2020 to be a good year in the Lord? Read it. Talk to him, and he'll talk back to you, not in an audible voice, but he can talk to you through his word, through preaching, through Sunday school lessons, through when you're reading his scriptures. I want 2020 to be a great year. I don't want it to be a good year. I want it to be a great year. I want it to be a great year for this church. But we need to pray. I don't know if Ray's listening. I've been praying for him in debt. They have went through the mill. Storm went through and ripped out trees in his neighborhood. His, his mother-in-law lives right beside him. He goes in and gets this knee surgery and they found out he has a spot on his lung. They have, to, they have to do an MRI on him. He gets through this surgery, and now he, he calls me last week. He says, I, would you go golfing with me? Because I don't know if I can golf very much anymore after this. Absolutely I will. And he gets this surgery, and Denver, you, you said in the text, all of a sudden his knee's okay, and now his neck, he might have a neck spur. Do you not think we need to pray for him? And he'd be the last person to say, oh, you need to spend a lot of time praying for me. You've got other things to do. You know Ray. And then you've got Priscilla the hugger. I love her to death. And you know what we've got to do? We've got to pray for him. We've got to talk about him. We've got we to bring it up to the Lord so the Lord can encourage him. And you know what? Every time he's down, he encourages me. You know why? Communication. God wants you to read his word in 2020. He also wants you to communicate with him. He wants you to talk with him. If he is your friend, what a friend we have in Jesus, you're going to communicate with him. I want to hear what John the Baptist heard about his son. I want to hear it about me. Man, you've, you've done a great job. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That's what I want to hear. But I'm not going to do it by just having an average year. have got that sign-up sheet out there for reading your Bible. Sign it up. Well, you say, Pastor Wagner, I don't know if I can do it. Try it. Communicate with Him. You won't go wrong by communicating with God. And there's never a time where He's too busy to listen. He always knows what you need. What's 2020 going to be for you? Good year? Same year? Or bad year? I want it to be a great year. I don't want it to be a great year just for me, but I want it to be a great year for you. You realize how many things we've had happen in 2019? We've had some catastrophes, but through it all, God is still good. 
Amen? With every head bowed and every eye closed.